Hi, my name's John Paul. I'm the founder and CEO of Venue Next, and you're listening to the App Guy podcast. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy. Welcome to episode 478 of the App Guy podcast. It's me, your host, it's Paul Kemp. And I have a great episode for you today. It's really good. I've got Louis Lavella. Louis Lavella, he's a, a TV host. Uh, you know, I thought I was doing well with some of my interviews. I thought I was getting some of the best founders. and But he has interviewed the likes of Lady Gaga, Moby, Tiesto. I mean, okay, so I'm not saying that uh, the interviews on the App Guy podcast are... Uh, uh, inferior to his, but he has uh, a great record of uh, interviewing some of the, the best celebrities in the world. Uh, he's an author. He's a keynote speaker. Uh, he teaches us a lot about influence and branding and getting connected with uh, top influencers. Uh, so a, a wonderful chat with him. We're going to learn a ton and you're going to have some actionable uh, advice, I think, from uh, Louis to help your business, your app entrepreneur journey. So before I do go into his episode, let me take a moment to thank my two sponsors, uh, toptal.com forward slash Paul. Uh, they are interesting because if you look at their website and if you think back to some of the uh, previous uh, episodes where I've talked about Toptal, uh, you are going to get out uh, from Toptal a few major themes. Uh, the obvious uh, theme and major theme is the quality of their individuals within their network. They have uh, the world's best, and I mean the world's best when it comes to uh, developers and designers who are available to you. Uh, and rather than you going through the whole screening process yourself, trying to give test projects out on some of the other portals, just trust, take a leap of faith and trust that TopTal will set you up with a great developer or a great designer for your project or your app. Uh, it really is a great uh, company. I love recommending it and I'm so glad that they're supporting the show. Uh, so it's toptal.com forward slash Paul. That's the URL that will give you an up to two week trial uh, with a developer or designer of your choosing uh, toptal.com forward slash Paul. And next is Brand Bucket. And I'm going to go through a story of how a company called Envato ended up becoming extremely successful. And their start was getting onto a Brand Bucket, getting the name, getting the logo. And this is a company, brandbucket.com is a company that has helped many, many companies become successful simply by getting a great name getting a great logo, great design, all in one package. Uh, so if you want to uh, avoid the hassle and the pain and frustration of choosing a name and getting the domain name, getting the .com, getting the logo, having to go through a creative agency, ignore all that. Just go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, and you'll get uh, to scroll through the entire list of 30 thousand plus names and just type in their app or apps and you'll get some really cool names i think you'll quite like them so that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy all lowercase and thank you both to brandbucket and to toptal for supporting this show now let's get into the episode then with louis lavella 
Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host, it's Paul Kemp. This is a show where we get some very fascinating entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, keynote speakers, occasionally the odd TV personality, and we interview them to get the the stories from them, the things that we can learn in our own appreneur uh, journey. So do stay tuned. Uh, so today I've got a great guest, great guest. He is uh, Louis Lavella, and he's a TV personality. He's interviewed Lady Gaga, Richard Branson, Tiesto, all my heroes, Moby, and uh, yeah, he's an um, inter- um, uh, he's an author, speaker, music marketing uh, executive, uh, and a branding expert. So we can learn a huge amount. Louis, welcome to the App Guy Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Exciting to be uh, in the four hundreds now. Well, that's amazing. That's that's an amazing uh, milestone to hit. So congrats to you as well. Thank you. Yeah, it's been going for a few a few years, and uh, so we'd love to learn from you then uh, that uh, you're into branding. I know that uh, many of the appreneurs listening to this struggle with branding, and so I, I wondered, uh, from your perspective, what advice can you give us on uh, branding? Absolutely, and, and so there's there's obviously the the two sides to the I guess the marketing world, which is the marketing side, and then the branding side, and they are different, but they do work together. Um, to so to speak to branding first, branding really is, um, you know, if I can make a general comment on it, the perception that other people have of of your service, your product, yourself. So you know, it does entail colors and logos and and you know, nice phrases, things like that. But really, it's a perception that somebody has, uh, you know, of your app. You know, for example, and whether that's a service or, or a game uh, or just your brand itself. So when people say branding, sometimes I think of what, what's the best name for my app, right? Or what's, what's the color scheme? And yes, that all goes into it. But in the end, all of that, you know, is a nice recipe for how somebody will perceive your service, your app, yourself, your brand, you as a media person, that kind of idea. And uh, if, I, if I'm able to speak quickly on the other side, the marketing side, that, that's where we're using things like PR and marketing, uh, like advertising, social media, things like that to push out your brand, push out the service and actually get awareness for it. So um, to, to start off with, with an app itself, you know, a lot of people have to know what their audience is. And I think that's where a lot of businesses and, and not just appreneurs, I consider myself a mediapreneur. Um, you know, there are obviously people I work with in the music industry, entertainment. Uh, and of course, there's a lot of different businesses that contact me to kind of learn some of those cool tips and, you know, translate it into the flower shop and app, things like that. But I think a lot of people miss the their why and, and who exactly their audience is. So that's one of the first things that I really like to see businesses. And, and again, we're talking apps here. You know, who's the audience or, or a lot of people say, you know, you'll, you'll be successful in business when you see a problem and you can create a service or a product that's going to solve that. And really, that's you finding out who the audience is and what they need, right? Yeah, I mean, I uh, would love to talk to you about naming as well. I'm a big fan of a service called Brand Bucket. And, uh, you know, they've built their whole service out of uh, finding uh, good domain names and then uh, actually uh, giving you the logo, the branding as a package. And so... I think choosing a name, sometimes we can get caught up, but how important is a really catchy name with a good logo? You know, it's so hard to, again, as a branding and marketing guy, I I do get that question a lot. And I think there are a lot of different thought leaders that have different uh, answers to this, but, you know, think about Amazon or think about, you know, I know Google has, has a different uh, answer to this because Google flex, you know what I mean? Um, but so, so much of, of the name, you want it catchy and memorable. And of course you want the logo and colors to work well. But I think when you create the service or product or app and market it properly, you can name it whatever it is, as long as it fits what it's doing. 
Does that make sense? I think, uh, you know, you know book.com didn't do as well as Amazon. You know, what does Amazon have to do with books, for example, when you just think about it? Maybe trees, you know, with the paper, things like that. <laughs> or I'm sure they have a better answer that, that actually fits. But when you just hear the words, you know, or, or the domain Amazon.com, you don't really think books until they market it. And then really cool part about a company like that is they can expand. Do you know what I mean? Book.com wouldn't be able to expand into products and electronics and DVDs and CDs, things like that. So, you know, BrandBuck is a very cool site and they do have a lot of awesome logos and names and things like that. And again, I think if you start off by knowing who's my audience and will this name really resonate with them, it doesn't have to be exactly what it is. Sometimes that works. And sometimes it, it doesn't have to. If you can market it properly and you have a catchy name that's memorable and different, that could be the success factor right there. And I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs make the mistake of not uh, differentiating between marketing and branding. I, I do feel like we're often neglecting uh, branding and almost uh, because there is a cost involved and a lot of thought that needs to go into it. Uh, but we just focus on this sexy part of it, which is PR, you know, getting press, getting social media mentions, how many followers you have, all that sort of stuff. Do you feel like there's a, a lack of focus sometimes on the importance of branding? I, I think it becomes thought about very quickly and then left to the side. So I think you're right in, in assuming that it almost seems like cool. The, the, the app's going to be called whatever, you know, <laughs> angry birds. And I know they did a better job branding, but let's just pretend. Um, and then they say, we have a cool logo. You got the bird. Let's leave it aside. Now let's go do marketing. Do you know what I mean? And if you, if you skip that initial part, you're marketing something that may not resonate with the audience. When I'm doing a lot of marketing with musicians, bands, uh, festivals, you know, 30,000 people a day and more, we really have to connect with what's the audience going to connect with, right? Um, what's our brand? And one brand has that edgy in your face attitude. And the way I respond on social media to their questions or to their snarly list is snarly and it's fun. And they like that. In another festival that I, I, I'm running, we have a very fun loving peace and love type of uh, festival brand. So when when stuff hits the fan or when there's questions, I respond with the smiley faces and just it's a loving attitude. So there's two different brands, even though they're both music festivals, right? So the same goes for apps as well. If you skip through that part and you come up with a cool logo, cool name, nice colors, nice website, and we move on, you may not know the voice. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're not digging into the brand, you may not know the voice of your service or your app. And when you're responding on social media or when you're trying to advertise, do you know what I mean? MailChimp's a cool brand. You know, uh, you can see the difference between them and let's say Infusionsoft or, or, or Aweber. They got the monkey high-fiving. That's a voice and that is a brand. Do you know what I mean? It's not just the name and it's got a cool monkey on it. It's a brand. You feel like you, you, you resonate with that as a, almost a person. You know what I mean? It, it has a voice to it. So a lot of businesses skip over that part. And I think it's important because then everything falls underneath it really well. Like you mentioned PR and you mentioned marketing part. You could take that brand and that quote unquote voice and run with it. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned MailChimp because if they are listening, they're massive podcast sponsors, and so you're very welcome Great. to <laughs> sponsor this show, MailChimp. But uh, absolutely, not yet. But uh, uh, you know, I've done um, 478 episodes now, so we're getting close to 500. And one of the big, big themes to come out of this show is the importance of connecting with an influencer, and possibly if you don't have uh, your own audience, then then doing a JV with uh, an, an influencer who can give you that reach you've 
interviewed tons and tons of celebrity influencers. And I wondered if we could talk about uh, how to connect with an influencer to help them almost promote your brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, great question. And, you know, uh, e- even if I step back even further, you know, I used to do you know bar promotions and nightclub promotions as a, as a teenager. And technically, promoters and ticket sellers were the first influencers out there. You know what I mean? Uh, we, we'd have them. You know, you say you get the most popular boy or girl, and they're going to bring their friends. They are and were influencers. So now we're doing that on a larger digital scale. And you're right, when we're going to do something business-wise and trying to move our app quickly, we want a large influencer. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, I think we were we were kind of off off the podcast when we were talking about Lady Gaga, you know, and, and she obviously is a huge influencer. Now there are some websites out there, and I think we'll we'll uh, on the show notes I'll find some of the ones that I've worked with where you can bring on influencers and you could pay them to tweet or to mention and, and to Instagram. But I think the key is to find ones that really fit with your audience and fit with, let's say, your your app. You know, the, the, we're using a great app here to, to record this podcast. So there's going to be some fantastic influencers that would fit that in particular. So we don't want to just go for Richard Branson because he's a business guy. You know, yes, you're going to get large reach, but he may not resonate with the app or, or may be too busy to, you know, to use himself as an influencer or to endorse something. You know what I mean? Some of the higher A-level celebrities are going to either want to be paid because they know they're endorsing something. They're going to want to partner in. But there's nothing wrong with utilizing the medium and even smaller influencers. A fun story is uh, my wife, she runs festivals as well, music, or not music festivals, um, food festivals, uh, and, and one is a vegetarian festival. And, you know, she's doing her tweets, things like that. And somebody from the area who has like 100 followers just tweeted, I have to go to this, you know, vegetarian festival and tweeted to a local MTV um, uh, it, basically, this local MTV girl is is an activist for you know animal rights and loves being vegetarian and the food and things like that. And she has a million followers and said, "Hey, are you going to go to it?" Now, I don't even think their followers have a real connection. She just wanted to reach out to these larger influencers, right? Not my wife. This other random girl that wanted to come. This large influencer, this MTV star, tweeted back, "Oh, I'm going to be so close by. I'm going to come by." And she started to tweet about Veggie Fest and how great it was, came over, took pictures with people, completely not related or not influenced by us. We didn't ask anything. So a cool story and and lesson and takeaway from this little one here is sometimes that small influencers can really blow up and connect with people just by timing. Do you know what I mean? So yes, you can directly connect with larger influencers. You can send them a direct message and say, you know, I have something you might be interested in. The problem is these guys get bombarded all the time. I even do as well. In music and nightlife, I'm always being asked by different um, software, different services, different designers, hey, you have so many contacts in that industry, we'd be great for them. And yeah, they would. But I, I can't be an influencer for all of them. And sometimes I don't feel right saying, pay me and I'll do a tweet. You know, most of the times I don't feel right. So you know, I have my own podcast and I have my own events. And sometimes if they give me you know, some sponsorship, I can talk about them and maybe I can you know, integrate them in, into a workshop, things like that. But there's got to be a way to approach me. And that's kind of the same way if you go after a B, C, A-level celebrity. you got to make some sort of connection. Sometimes it's through the managers. You know, Find out who their managers are and just start to connect with them. Maybe they like the same football team as you. You know, things like that. At least there's a better reason for them to want to discuss helping your business out, right? You, you don't want to make it sound like you want to jump on their coattails and ride them. It just doesn't feel right to them. It just might not be as successful getting them to help you out, right? 
That reminds me of a wonderful chat I had in a previous episode where the, the guy reached out to a, a, an editor of a, uh, The Next Web and uh, said his favorite band was uh, X. I think he started quoting some lyrics and it was the, the, the lyrics from this uh, editor when he was in a band. And so he done a huge amount of research and, he, and the editor said, what a novel way of approaching me. Uh, and, um, so what I've learned from you then, Louis, is that uh, actually – Twitter could be a really powerful tool, not from just bombarding and loading up with uh, spam, but actually reaching out to top influencers in a very unique way and connecting with them and uh, with a, a shared belief and shared philosophy that, and the hope that they can promote, promote you. Absolutely. I mean, Twitter is really good when you're listening a lot and you're trying to respond and get into a conversation. It'd be like walking to, into a room and all you're doing is firing out your business card and you're just saying, hey, everybody, this is what I do. Hire me, hire me, hire me. That's where Twitter was going and why a lot of people were getting you know, a little angry with where Twitter was and I hate Twitter now. It's no good anymore. That kind of idea. And it was just because it, be, it became sort of spammy and in your face. You know, Even some people I follow, it was just constant push out on what this person does and why I should read their blog and sure it's great to see oh maybe there's a good thought i need to read the problem is everybody was doing it where i find great success and not just myself b2b but all my clients where they're trying to do b2c you know what i mean they're trying to get consumers to love them it's a lot of listening so yes when we're talking about influencers a great way to listen to what they're saying like you mentioned it could be band lyrics it could be an nfl team it could be a football soccer team it could be anything like that and you can jump into the conversation they start to see you they like things you say they may respond they may follow you and that's where make a connection then you can get into the direct uh, you know the, the the private messaging and start to really clamp down on how can we help each other out idea or who can i contact to bring you on board as an influencer that kind of thing uh, i think we're all in the same boat that we're sick of ads we're sick of commercials we've seen it billboards and tv radio now internet um and to be that direct hard sales no longer working a huge reason why facebook really hammers that 20 percent text rule they're trying to get everybody to say Let's not do just a direct flyer and advertise that. People don't want to see it. Let's think of content marketing, right? Um, and without getting too off topic there, that's the same thing when you're approaching an influencer. You know, don't just hard sell them. And the first, when I'm doing festivals, the amount of times I get the direct, hey, Louis, nice to meet you. Can I send you my mix so I can be opener for your festival? You know, I don't even know who they are. And I appreciate the <laughs> hustle. I do. I appreciate the hustle. But I get so many of those. I probably miss the next great band, the next great DJ, because I get too many. But when those are, you know, romancing me a bit, we talk a little bit, you know, like th there's like a little bit of a connection. At least I'll spend time listening to the mixes or the bands and at least I can put them on the table for a committee to look at. Do you know what I mean? It gets them a little bit further in. And the same goes when you, people are looking for a job, right? You know, sending the, the blank resume or trying to really schmooze your way in is a huge difference. If you know somebody at, at the company, you're going to be sort of at the top of that list, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. the old who, who you know, who knows you. It's always the same. Uh, and do you find that when you network, it, I mean, it's more important to have these personal connections with people you know and have met face to face, or can you actually build up some really good contacts uh, virtually? Oh, virtually. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's been many times that I've built out 
great relationships, even with large influencers, verified accounts, you know, people who are just good people, all virtual. And whether that is through Twitter or Instagram or on Facebook, and we just have a great rapport and we talk, we're on Messenger, and, and then we actually meet in person and we feel like we've known each other forever, you know, uh, because, you know, we follow each other and we see pictures and, hey, you were there, I was there, you know what I mean? Um, you can absolutely do it virtually. It is, you know, the internet's the great equalizer and also the great expando, you know, you can, you, you can schmooze and create networking um, contacts via all the social platforms uh, beyond our, our wildest dreams. And it's so cool to be able to do that. So I hope you're enjoying this episode with Louis Novella. Let me just take a moment to thank my sponsors, uh, TopTal. TopTal are interesting. Uh, if you've looked at my website show notes or if you've uh, listened to some of the past uh, sponsored messages that I've delivered, uh, you will have noticed uh, a few major themes. The first major theme is that the quality of the individuals is huge. They have a, uh, a rigorous uh, vetting procedure uh, to get through. And so all the people that you are introduced to within the, the network, all the developers and the, the designers that you'll get to work with, they've all been pre-vetted. And I know I've seen many of these developers, designers actually be rejected. And some of them who made it through are the world's best. I mean, we've had them on this show. And when they've looked back to how many people get rejected, how many people make it through, it, it comes out with this 3% number. And, and it really is uh, the top 3% are only making it through. One of the other major themes is the process of working with TopTal. It's incredibly easy. You connect with an individual who then steers you through the whole process. There's a senior level developer or a designer who works with you to understand what your needs are and then to find the best people within their network for a particular project. Because you know, it's not just a case of having a great developer or a great designer. The other option that you'll need is the great developer that has the right skills and experience that you need for your project and is available as well. So rather than go through the laborious process of having to try and discover a great developer, employ them, maybe even if it's just on a full-time or part-time basis, just go to TopTal. TopTal make it so much easier. They've done all this for you. And so you just pick up a great developer, a great designer, and they can help you with the projects that you're working on, be part of your team. They can work with all the tools that you tend to use and on a remote basis. Uh, the hands-on matching process is just second to none. So toptal.com forward slash Paul. That's a really important URL because that will then give you an up to two-week trial to TopTal. That's toptal.com forward slash Paul, all lowercase. Thank you so much to TopTal for supporting the show. Next, let me tell you about Brand Bucket. There is a company that's been set up called Envato. And Envato, actually, I know them because they run Theme Forest. I used to use Theme Forest a while ago, in fact, several years ago. And I listened to a uh, podcast that had the founder of Envato on. And uh, he was asked uh, how he came up with his name. Well, he said that he went to a company called Brand Bucket. And Brand Bucket are a website, a company that have thousands and thousands and thousands of ready-made names with logos, dot-coms, everything that's been pre-vetted, ready for you to take on. He said the whole thing was done for him. He got the logo, he got the design, he got the dot-com, he got the name. It was a really catchy name, obviously, because it's become so successful. So you don't have to be a designer. You don't have to go to a creative agency, hire a creative agency and get them to 
do that for you. You just go to Brand Bucket and they'll give it all uh, to you in one package. You know, Brand Bucket vets the names, uh, make sure that they're available for sale and and that it's not just a bunch of junk on their site. It really is genuine names. Uh, so if you go to brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, brandbucket.com forward slash app guy, you can just start scrolling through a collection of their brands. As I say, just type in app or apps and you'll see some of the awesome names that come up. So that's brandbucket.com forward slash app guy. Thanks very much to Brand Bucket for supporting this episode. And now let's jump back into the chat then with Louis. So, so Louis, this is a show about apps, but also we have many uh, listeners who d- do run their own podcast. You do your own podcast. I, I just wondered if there's any particular uh, tactic, uh, growth hack that you may have done for your own podcast that caused a real spike in attention and downloads uh, that you could share with us. Oh, I used to do a podcast a while ago and it was very music driven. I actually had some music involved in it too. And I stopped that for many years because I got very busy producing concerts and also doing the marketing for for other concerts and brands but just lately i've started my own podcast again um definitely nowhere near your 400 and and almost 500 uh, podcasts and i really just started i think i'm in you know 20 or 30 but they're short so i knew my audience being let's say um you know, musicians bands or club owners or festival owners my audience i knew wanted some insights they are ego driven so they kind of quote unquote think they know it all or do the research to teach themselves which is great so the podcast is perfect for them but i needed them to be short I didn't want a 20-minute, 30-minute podcast. I knew they weren't going to listen. So I do, you know, quick thought leader stuff, you know, two minutes here, five minutes there, and they love it. So a cool hack I've been using lately, and it's probably not something new, just something I figured is working, is I'll, I'll take that audio and I will send it to my assistant to transcribe, tweak it a little bit so it's a little bit different, but then I'll put it out on my on my blog. I'll, I'll put another slightly different version on Medium and LinkedIn. And of course, those will point me to want to, you know, in, ingest this article again listen to the podcast version and I'll, I'll link that over and I'll have another designer assistant take one of my, my sound bites or my quotes in one of them and make a nice Instagram image with a quote in my face on it or whatever might fit. So I'm using one piece of content, the audio, and I will create different styles of content and they all help each other. So whether somebody really likes to listen to the podcast because they hate reading, great. They're going to start to learn. I need to follow that podcast and whether it's on iTunes or Google or Stitcher or whatever it is, uh, I'm going to start subscribing to it. If they really like reading it so they can take their time, they know where to get that similar story, but they're going to get it somewhere else. And then I'm using that image on Instagram and Facebook to drive traffic to those areas. So I'm taking that one piece of content and I am creating several pieces out of it, which is really cool. And I find it's working nicely. That, that's wonderful and uh, you know like in terms of the social media that you have and your team are looking at is there one in particular that's working better than others uh, would you say where where should we focus our attention if we had to choose one of the platforms um again that's audience driven i find facebook still to be the most powerful it just seems to have uh, especially with my age demographic and audience they seem to be on facebook a lot more than others uh, especially with the ad tools with that said though the musicians and the younger demographics, so my consumers, Snapchat is really heavy, very heavy, and Instagram. Uh, I think Instagram's that middle ground that kind of works on, on a lot of levels now. There's anybody from the, you know, the 15, 16-year-old all the way up to the 40s, that kind of idea. Uh, but it's very you know, visually driven. So you're going to take a nice quote or you're going to have an image of where you are, that kind of idea, and it's going to drive traffic there. Where Facebook, I can, I can add some long-form posts or I can have a link to my, to my blog post, things like that. 
and Snapchat's all behind the scenes. And I know a lot of young people, that's really their number one go-to app right now. They're on Snapchat a lot and it's very different to use. Um, you know, the cool thing about all three of those for me, let's say as a personality or as an entrepreneur that wants to get business, you know, musicians, whatever, um, I'm using those platforms as social proof of what I do work. So when I'm at a festival and I'm on stage and there's 30,000 people behind me, or I have the, you know, obviously the backstage access and I'm having a picture with this famous band in front of me or a picture with them. And we have a little quote cause we talk together. That is major social proof of what I'm doing works. You know, like back in the day, they, you know, you see those commercials of there's my Lamborghini and buy my program because <laughs> because it'll make you rich. You know, that's kind of like the, the cheesy guru version. And I think people don't resonate with that as well. But, you know, the real sense of it all uh, and how I find it working is just being a real person, being me, but utilizing those social media platforms, not just to push out you know, here's my blog, go, go read it. Cause I'm good at what I do, but it, it, it allows me to give a lot of social proof. It really does. You know, those pictures of me with band members or me on stage really proves that I'm there. I'm not just think it's a good thing to do. And, and I, I read a couple other books and here's what I think you should do. This is what works. Do you know what I mean? So that it also, you know, it gives some amazing social proof to everybody. And that's where, you know, people who create an app, they're using their app, let's say, or, or whatever they're using is working. You know what I mean? And they can use social media platforms to give the proof of it without being a hard sell. Does that make sense? It, Louis, what I'm loving is that I think I've come up with a, a way of promoting an app that has never been mentioned on this show. <laughs> That's great. And I love it. I, and uh, in fact, it reminds me of an entrepreneur I work with, uh, and he did this. He worked with a, a band. I think he run his own event, a big launch event, got like a famous uh, R&B artist to, to come and uh, uh, play. And, uh, and then it was almost like a launch event to uh, download the app and it, it was um it was for young people and i bet you that that is a great way to get attention for an app even if it's just on that night for the launch f- festival uh wherever it may be um, but the combination of uh, a festival and an app as promotion uh, seems to be that, that that could be quite big it, it could and you know people love you know the experiential marketing and things like that where where they're a part of something i mean there's so many stats out there saying no people will buy experience over product now like crazy you know what i mean uh so when you're kind of combining the two just to launch a brand and launch an app it would work wonders and the cool thing is if you think outside of the box and maybe use snapchat to to kind of give clues maybe not just the venue maybe you want to have clues to the venue and then announce it fully but maybe you have little little uh you know they call them easter eggs and clues where they can find things and get free access to the app or a free upgrade or a t-shirt or who knows what they're playing along with it they're not just there seeing a band and it's just basically sponsored by the app as a logo you're creating something that they get to live in and that that creates a connection and when what I call raving fans and those are the people that become your influencers, not just because they have a million followers, because they love your brand, you know, so there's lots of cool ideas you can come up with. Uh, Louis, I love that idea of a trail of Easter eggs today. Yeah, who knows what you can work with. Yeah. Uh, Louis, this has been terrific. I've loved, loved my chat with you. I feel like we've learned an enormous amount. There's going to be full show notes on that. It's episode 478. So it's the app Just uh, search for episode 478. You'll see all the show notes. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Louis, how can people connect with you, get in touch and reach out? Absolutely. Find me all over social media. Uh, all the usernames are the same, which is Louis Lavella. 
uh, and spelled L-O-U-I-E-L-A-V-E-L-L-A. And same with my website, louislavella.com. And again, I, I, I do have a podcast, which is like two to five minute thought ideas on marketing and branding. And a lot of it leans towards how the music, you know, music industry and entertainment industry uses it. But so many different kinds of businesses take that, want to learn how the shark infested waters of this industry works, but taking those tips and use it for themselves. So of course, you know, the podcast and the blog and, and all my social media is a great way to just connect, follow me, you know, reach out to me, ask questions anytime. I'm always available and I love uh, sharing info and insights and things like that. So just love to hear from people. Great. Louis, thanks for coming on the UpGuide podcast. All the best. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I'm offering a curated list of the top things I learned from my podcast during the week and you get a regular update via email. You need to go to theappguy.co and register and then you'll get this uh, curated uh, directory of some really awesome content. So theappguy.co, register your email. Thank you very much for listening to this.